Hey, this is Eddie. And this is Miguel. And you're listening to the God Life Culture Podcast. Yes, another week, another episode. Uh, we just uh, started this last week. We launched our first two episodes, yeah. and we're in episode three now. Super yeah. exciting. Um, thank you to all of those who have listened, have taken out the time to um, just listen to our first two episodes, have given us feedback. We appreciate it. If you haven't listened, you can go check it out now yeah. um, at our SoundCloud, God Life Culture Podcast. We have the first two episodes up. You can catch up and let us know what you think. Yeah, and if you have heard us already, this is... Uh, the third episode you're listening to spread the wealth like send it to the people that you know that may be interested in what we're speaking about or may have an opinion about what we're speaking about by all means uh share it with them as well um if it blessed you let allow it to bless other people and pay it forward yeah like anything that we do in life we always have to start somewhere and build yep. from there so um that's what we're doing and each and every one of you can help us build even more and reach more people and expand you know this podcast yeah absolutely um we are super excited and maybe just a little tired we had a really long weekend this is resurrection sunday that just passed by yes. um and as it you know it's uh whether it is that people celebrating easter resurrection sunday it's always a busy weekend there's always things that you're trying to get together make sure uh the churches that put on full productions uh so it's it's a busy weekend for everyone and i'm pretty sure it was a busy weekend for you as well yeah definitely i mean you know we had uh on Saturday, we were out oh, yeah. um, with uh, the ministry, How Ministries. We, Like I had mentioned earlier, I think in last week's podcast, we um, have been together 10 years this uh, month. So we just picked a day, Saturday night, to just go out. So we went out to this nice little re Mexican restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, then we found this coffee shop that, you know, we'll be sharing some news about oh, in yes. the near future. You know, we got to get our stuff together. But, um, you know, that was a really cool uh, night as well yeah. yeah so it was just you know a good night of just kind of relaxed not worrying about what we were going to do about rehearsing about you know this that the other thing it was just you know a nice chill little night so that was good and then sunday we had our resurrection service you know there are all these after parties and different <laughs> things like that so it's definitely um can be a busy time yeah, it definitely can. And I think that also, I mean, at least for us, we had to rush to get home uh, to watch something that was happening on TV. Uh, yeah. There was the live production of Jesus Christ Superstar that uh, we were interested in seeing. Uh, I, not uh, not a per, I wasn't a, uh, I wasn't that well versed mm -hmm. in what the show was going to be about. I did do a little, you know, you go to Wikipedia and you read a little bit about it just to get a general gist of what you think is going to be presented uh i think that they marketed this as like the it thing to watch for easter sunday right um and they've been doing this for a while now where they've been doing these live productions of you know broadway shows um and they decided to do jesus christ superstar which um is a production that's from like the 1970s it's a rock opera i think the rock opera cd came out first and then it became a broadway production um and that is what was shown last night yeah, I had no <laughs> knowledge about any of this, just, you know, the production that was happening on Sunday. But um, no, I hadn't heard about the Broadway show or anything. So I was coming into this completely clueless, no background information. So I think in my mind, I had something completely different, <laughs> you know, as to what I was going to watch. Yeah. But um, I don't know. And I think, I think that's, that is the perspective that I think a lot of people had where and, and before we get into the whole 
uh, our opinions mm-hmm. on uh, what happened during the production or like if we were going to dissect certain scenes or not. I think that the fact that it just had Jesus Christ's name attributed to it. It was I like, think, we have to watch it. Yeah, we have to me. watch it. And we kind of, you know, we had our minds made up of what we, we already knew what was going to be shown type of a mentality. Uh, but do you think that it met? what you were thinking was going to be shown on the TV. (laughs) I wanted so bad to like it and to just have this moment afterwards, like, yes, you know, millions of people were watching the story of Jesus in their homes. And I don't know if it was just that whole, you know, which is like too good to be true kind of mentality where I just thought, you know, people were going to be saved. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and I don't know if, you know, I'm sure, and we'll get into this a little bit later, it had its reach and its impact. Yeah. Um, you know, it, the production on a production level, I think mm-hmm. it was amazing. Yeah. You know, between the lighting and, you know, the acting and the, the setup and everything like and that. And it was done live. I think that's really a cool right. factor also. So I think that in itself was really cool. Yeah. And, you know, the, the fact, like you said, everything was done live, just knowing that, so many people are watching mm-hmm. you know so many things could go wrong yeah as well so i think you know the the actors and everyone who was involved did an excellent job but there were certain things i guess throughout the the night and the production that were a little questionable or mm-hmm. just you know needed a little more context uh-huh. and a little more detail into it yeah um i i, I I'm going to say this. You which can is, sense how torn we are about this. And, and like, it's, and it's, and it's, I don't know if it's so much torn, but uh-huh. just trying to find, like, again, wanting it to be a certain thing and yeah. trying to find the good in it. You know, the fact that it was still a production, mm-hmm. it still, you know, gave people the opportunity yeah. to get to know the story of Jesus, maybe in a different way, in yeah. a way that they normally wouldn't. No, yeah, I think I, my hesitation comes from the like, I'm trying to think of other people like I I do have the ability to uh, to separate so I can see it from uh, like I can put on my production goggles and see it as a production and, you know, the theatrics and the settings and how they perform and, and graded on that part. If I right. was to grade on that, so I think it was great. It was awesome. I think that they did a lot of visual stuff that I thought was really cool. I think that uh, putting it in a setting that was kind of dystopian, but like, you know, future dystopian and and how Jesus would have interacted and disciples would have moved in that era like that. I find all of that very intriguing um, and visually appealing. Um, But my hesitation comes with the. the idea that I think that, and I, I, and maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but I think it's very important that us as individuals, before we jump into something, do a little research. Like I did some research, so I kind of already knew that it was a rock opera. This is what it was going to be. You know, it was, it wasn't, it, I knew it wasn't going to be a gospel worshipy production that I knew. So like all the rock songs and all of that, like I wasn't taken aback by any of that because I, kind of knew what I was getting myself into but I I don't know if I can say that for everyone else I feel like a lot of people maybe tuned in thinking it was going to be one thing and then it wasn't and then they were I don't know like uh, maybe they didn't know what to do maybe they kept watching just out of intrigue or I mean one thing I did like that I think was creative was the whole perspective on the show like the perspective they they took on that Mm -hmm. the story was told like through the eyes of Judas in a way 
so i think that was really cool um you know and just different than what normally is mm-hmm. presented normally yeah. you know you think of the story judas is just that character that betrays jesus yeah. kills himself and is done and you know we don't really think about how he felt before like his journey and kind mm-hmm. of just like what he saw how you know the how conflicted he was at one point i think they portrayed that really well yeah as well the fact that he was torn and in, in what to do and you know when he was presented with the opportunity to betray jesus you know we saw the the, the conflict that he had that yes. inner battle he had even um i think of the one moment when you know he was looking at jesus and mm-hmm. it's like he waited just a little bit you know gave him that kiss on the cheek and looked at him again mm-hmm. and then you know kind of left quickly just you know the way they portrayed that i thought was really cool very creative um what do you think about the judas character i mean i think he was one of the main characters yeah, in the production the it was jesus uh, well, the main, yeah, judas and, and Mary maybe Mag- Mary, Mary, Mary magdalene yeah. were the main characters absolutely and i and i do get that um and i think that that's where the situation is where if someone not knowing what the production was about not understanding that this is from uh, this is a loose interpretation of what judas is um point of view was i think it could be very confusing for a lot of people but if you walk into it with that understanding then it is it is a little bit eye-opening i guess or it is a little informing uh to kind of to to try to go on that journey with him i think that judas is a character that when it's preached about or when it's spoken about he is you know the the big bad wolf he's the bad guy he's the one that betrayed jesus you know and no one ever like spends the time to (coughs) excuse me no one ever spends the time to uh try to get in his head and try to figure out why was it that he did what he did and you know his emotions through the journey like we know that he was remorseful uh, after he had given Jesus up, but all the way to that point, what was he feeling? What was he thinking? Like, did he in his right mind think that he was correct? Like, did he really think he was doing something good or was he manipulated into that idea or understanding? And I think that with this production, what it, it brings the point of view that uh, Judas thought that he was right. Like, he thought right. that he was helping everyone by doing this you know he thought that jesus um and his message was maybe getting a little out of hand and he felt like he was putting not only jesus's own life in danger but he was putting the rest of the disciples in danger by because of guilty by association and before the roman uh the romans and you know the everybody else would rise up and start chopping everybody's heads off judas judas thought that maybe i should just intercept this now before everybody else gets hurt and this is what the production is bringing i'm not saying this is what the bible says i'm saying that this is what the production's point of view is bringing yeah and it was a little tough for me because i felt as if the production although it was called jesus christ superstar should have been judas <laughs> judas superstar no <laughs> right <laughs> yeah where it focused more on judas which obviously was his perspective but we can't forget you know what he was looking at who he was looking at yeah you know it was about jesus and yeah. to me that was a little lost. I felt like Judas was a main character mm-hmm. and, you know, they showed the scene where he's, you know, betrays Jesus. He goes off. They don't show him hanging himself, but they kind of creatively, you know, you, you understand, yeah. right. You understand that he hung himself, he's dead. And then there's this moment where he comes back, where he comes back <laughs> to life. And was it after Jesus was crucified? Yeah, it's after Jesus was crucified. So I'm here sitting, waiting for, you know the tomb yeah i'm waiting for this big moment at the end for jesus resurrection right yeah. and here comes judas with this crazy outfit 
celebrating celebrate like you know he was in like rags before yeah you know like you know le- black leather pants like just you know and then he comes out in a shimmery outfit yeah like almost celebrated yeah and jesus is not seen again and you know what's so funny that now it just comes to my mind that we me and you because i even texted you this um we're waiting for the res- resurrection of jesus but it kind of portrayed it as a resurrection of judas because right. it gives off the illusion that judas, judas did kill himself but then he comes back brand new and it's like that's not what the that's not how the story goes that's not mm-hmm. what the message is that's not what should be projected into the world right and you, you would text me right as it was ending saying you know i'm waiting for the resurrection and i was yeah. kind of like i think it's coming i think they're gonna maybe do it in the credits like as they're introducing you know i'm i pictured maybe right before john legend came out they would have done a little something to kind of mm-hmm. show like okay this is jesus resurrecting yeah and no he just comes out and the crazy part is that he was wearing those same rags he wore yeah. in the beginning of the play like not even like a different mm-hmm. costume or just something to kind of show the victorious side of the story like yeah. i would have been satisfied if he would have had like this cool costume on coming mm-hmm. back like different than you know what he wore when he was getting beaten and yeah. all of that when he was crucified just kind of showing that vic- victorious side that he overcame death but he was wearing the clothes he wore in the beginning <laughs> of the play you know yeah. th- these you know long robes and to me, again, I just felt like it wasn't enough. Yeah. But at the same time, understanding that this wasn't done by a faith-based company, a yeah, Christian, yeah, you know, it's not really a Christian production. It's just the story of Jesus, you know, through their eyes and their lens, mm-hmm. you know, however they interpreted it, what yeah. they think is important, yeah. you know, and it really wasn't, I guess, what us as believers and... Yes uh christians you know expected it to be yeah and they did have some high points uh that i thought were originally like portrayed like really good like when jesus came in you know to clean house because they were using uh the temple uh for things that weren't of god like that scene in itself was like at first it took me a minute to register what was actually happening but then once it clicked and then you see him come in and he throws the chair mm-hmm. and he's like kicking them all out. Like I thought that was that was a right. really that was a scene that was executed well. Yeah. In my opinion. And shout out to John Legend. That was yeah, the yeah. man who played Jesus. And I think even just his, you know, the way he threw the chair, the way mm-hmm. he stood up on the table, like it was done in a way that I remember watching and saying in my head, like, I could totally see Jesus doing it in that way. Yeah. You know, like the way he really portrayed that. I think he did an excellent job with that. Yeah, I agree. But what I will say also is uh, that, and maybe it goes a little bit with what I was saying in the beginning, that we just have to be conscious of what we're going to watch in the sense of, you know, maybe you thought it was going to be one thing and it wasn't. And that's sometimes okay. Like, you know, we're not here to bash uh, this production and say that nobody should go watch this or, or anything like that, uh, watch this or anything like that. But what we'll say is, is that this is their creative liberty. They decided to show this point of view. This is what they decided to present. We don't agree with the way that it was done. Um, I wish I had that budget and I wish I had that backing what? and we could have done something a little bit more impactful in the sense that when people turn their tv off at night and they go to bed and maybe even people that are non-believers but that they went to bed and as they were there laying there laying down in their bed that that idea would be rolling in their mind about jesus resurrected for us yeah and this is the other side of it you know like again i wasn't completely satisfied with it you know 
we already spoke about the production that was yeah. great the actors all of that was great um the final message of restoration and redemption you know his resurrection was not shown that was like the whole point of easter and the resurrection sunday so i get that but now looking at the other side you know i was looking on twitter as the production as the show was on tv just looking at everyone's tweets as it was happening kind of in real time and what they were the emotions and the feelings they were going through and i feel as if many of these people would never enter the church for whatever reason yeah whatever their reason is whatever their story is they won't enter the church and who knows if this was one moment that was presented to them where the story of Jesus is right in front of them, where they see the power of the gospel in a way, you know, mm -hmm. Jesus healing Jesus, you know, just the image of him on the cross is powerful enough. I mean, on Twitter, someone, you know, kind of took a snapshot and said, you know, the entire show was stunning, but this moment had me weeping. And it was the moment where Jesus was on the cross. Mm -hmm. I mean, that image in itself is super powerful. Yeah. You know, for us, we know he did not stay there. And I, and I like how they visually did it where like they rise him up and then they, they back him up into the light and then you no longer see him. Right. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I mean, so that moment in itself was super powerful. And again, you know, God can, the Bible says God will use the rocks if he has to. Yeah. You know, there's so many different ways that God can speak to someone and minister to someone. So we're not saying that by this production, they weren't people who were ministered to no, no, and no. people who saw it and may have been like, you know, I need, I, I need to go to church or I need to know more about this man. Well, or, even if it sparked an intrigue and now, you know, maybe they're like, but wait, maybe even if they were like, wait, what's the rest of the story? And then, the, then they decided to let me go read up on this. So let me go real, you know, let me go do some history or, or research and try to figure this out. And maybe through there, God would minister to them and God would speak to them. You know, those are possibilities because like you said, God can use a rock if he wants to. So even in a situation like this, God can flip it on his head and be of an impact to the masses. Right. And I think that it just goes to show believers, Christians, those who claim, you know, to love Jesus and to represent him that we need to do better. And I think we need to then, if we want to see, you know, the story of Jesus played out the right way, mm -hmm. we need to then, you know what, find those people who can make it happen. You yeah. know, um, I once heard a Christian celebrity say um, that one letter to a company, to a record mm -hmm. company, to a production company, to a television network, one letter or one email is equivalent to 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. So when a company receives an email from someone saying, we want to see this on TV, they look at it as if that one person is representing 10,000 people. Mm. So imagine if 10,000 believers yeah. wrote to a television network, wrote, you know, or sent emails to these, you know, producers and and these people with big budgets that can make things happen and said we want to see this and we want to see it done the right way we want to see this portrayed imagine what could happen Absolutely. there has to be a demand for it and unfortunately i feel as if many people don't they may have watched it jesus mm -hmm. christ superstar christians may have watched it not have liked it and they leave it there yeah and they get frustrated they get upset and they just leave it there. Yeah. They don't do anything else about it. And I think moments like this is great for us to sit back and reflect and think about what are we doing to really portray the gospel in a way that we want it to be portrayed, the, the truth, you know, the, the, the way that's, you know, according to the word. 
what are we doing to make that happen? And if we're not doing anything, what can we do to make that happen? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that what that calls for is unity um, within the body of Christ, where if we all united and we're like, you know what, this is what we want to see, or this is what we want to represent us, then we would make the waves that we need to make in order to make this happen. And I think it's also lack of motivation. Maybe um, like for those individuals that saw it, didn't like it, turned off the TV and just went to bed, for example, um, maybe they feel like they don't have a voice or maybe they feel like they can't make a difference or, you know, their opinion wouldn't matter. Um, and I think that that a lot of people out there may feel that way where they know that there is a need or there is um, uh, uh, that something should represent us better out there, whether it is on in media, whether it is in TV or in the productions that are happening um, in Broadway or whatever. Um, but because they feel that eh, it really doesn't matter. I'm just one. You know, it's just it's just me and my wife that feel that way. Nobody else feels that way. Like, no, if everyone really got together collectively and made this, um, uh, I was going to say this, this, this ruckus of right. this is what we want to see, it would happen. And I think our biggest voice and our biggest, the biggest way for us to represent that um, is to support faith-based films, support Christian and gospel music, the award shows right now, the Stella Awards happened about a week ago. How many of you right now, raise your hands if you saw it. Right. <laughs> and I'm sure that many Christians, yeah. believers, didn't watch the Stella Awards. Mm -hmm. But ask them how many watched the Grammys or the Oscars or yeah. the Emmys. Not saying I've watched them all. I, I love those shows. Mm. But shows that represent us and who we are and the artists we listen to, from gospel to Christian to contemporary to worship, all of that being you know, represented at the Stella Awards, the Dove Awards. These yeah. are award shows that Christians should be tuning in where, you know, the Stella Awards was on TV One Network. So mm -hmm. it wasn't on a show, a network like Fox or ABC or BET. It was on yeah. TV One, a little bit, in my opinion, I guess, smaller than the major yeah, harder networks. Harder to get to. Harder to get everyone to. everyone has that. Right. You know, it's not a basic channel. So, right. you, have, you know. Yeah, better said that way. Harder to get to and access than the other channels. You know, if they would have had that was the top show of the night or the top show of the weekend or of the month, then maybe another production company or, or network would want to pick it up as well and yeah, say, absolutely. well, Fox will also air it at this time. You know, yeah. and I think because, unfortunately, faith based productions and Christian, you know, television events or movies don't get the support that they should. They don't draw in the numbers. They don't get the budgets. They don't get yeah. the attention that they deserve. Yeah, it's it's quite sad. And the numbers are there. It's not like if the numbers aren't there. The numbers are there. The issue is, is that the numbers are not being represented where they need to be represented at. And I think that that should be one of our, our goals, our objectives, um, whether it be for this year, is to make sure that we support these Christian-based uh, films or projects. It doesn't even have to be a movie. It could be something that's happening in your community, something that's ha an organization that's trying to be, uh, that's trying to lift itself up to help its community. We should be there to support them. Same way that you could support Apple when the new iPhone is launching and you're going to go camp outside the Apple store, you know, for three days, <laughs> you can get that Apple phone or you're up until one o'clock in the morning because you want to sign up, you know, on the internet. Like we as individuals make these extreme efforts and we make these, we, we do these crazy things that if we look back at it, maybe 10 years from now, we'll be like, we were so weird. <laughs> but yeah. uh, we do all these crazy things for things that are not 
of real impact or, or importance. But are we, you know, are we showing that same support to our, you know, our Christian based um, apparel companies? You know, do you, maybe there's apparel companies that are out there that are launching something. Are you waiting? You know, are you up waiting for it to launch so that you make sure that you can get it before it gets sold out? Yeah, or this goes do you not for even anything. Care? Yeah, yeah, for the music. It goes for the movies. It goes, you know, local ministries and things that they put out. I mean, that's one thing I love, the Christian apparel. And many of you listening, if you have my Instagram, you know that I'm always putting on, you know, their hats, their shirts, their jackets, things like that. I think that it gives a message. Yeah. But when people don't support those companies and those lines, then... You know, what happens? What happens then? You know, they, they can't put out the material. They can't create. They can't do. You know, again, it comes down to support. And it's funny because Kirk Franklin, you know, gospel artist that many have known for years, actually was having a conversation about this. Mm -hmm. And he's actually putting together a festival himself for the gospel community. And it's going to be um, an exodus. It's called the Exodus Music and Arts Festival. And it's going to happen Memorial Day weekend this year where it's a whole weekend that he's hosting and it's almost like a, I think like a Coachella type of thing for yeah. the Christian community, yeah. right? Where they have like a whole weekend and they're going to have different performers, different, you know, events happening. And again, his idea behind it and his vision behind it is to feature the gospel artists that many times are not put out on the forefront or yeah. are not, you know, put out there as other artists are. When we look at the Grammys, the Christian portion of the Grammys, the Christian awards aren't mm -hmm. televised. You don't see Christian artists on the Grammy stage. Why is that? Yeah. When there are great artists out there that can sing just as good mm. as the mainstream artists, Absolutely. can put on a production just as good, maybe even have a higher budget, who knows, mm -hmm. than some of them. And again, why don't they have those opportunities? So I think it's great that Kirk Franklin is doing that and he's making this weekend happen. It's the first one and he says he's looking forward to continuing um you know doing these festivals every year and who knows this could even become something that's televised and this could become if it has the support you know and it brings in the numbers and it brings in the people and all of that this can be the next big thing for the christian yeah. and gospel community absolutely and if you know do look up look it up online if it's going to be in your area or if you want to take a trip out there and support this like these this is what i'm talking about these are opportunities where you can go show your support for your community the christian community and make sure that we are putting in the time and effort into them the same way that time and effort is being put into other things um, with that being said, also, uh, I think it was like a couple of weeks ago, maybe like two weeks ago. Uh, I think I can I can only imagine yeah. the movie came, um, out. came out and everyone knows the song. I can only imagine. Yeah. With 2001. Cannot yeah. believe that. Yeah, it's crazy. That yeah. was one of the first CDs that you bought. <laughs> I bought. I was how old was I? I was like seven. Look at that. And I remember the yellow cover. I definitely sang this song in church, got the soundtrack. <laughs> That's when I thought I was a singer. Like, I definitely thought I was going to be a singer when I was. Oh, singing. man. Oh, but and if you don't know it in English, you definitely know it in Spanish also because it did come out in Spanish. I'm pretty sure it came out in, any, in many different languages yeah. as well. Um, but the movie just came out recently. It's actually doing pretty well in the box office. It's not breaking records the way that Black Panther is breaking records. And why? Or, why is that? Well, we spoke about that. <laughs> Rewind uh, a couple of yeah. minutes and you'll hear us have a whole, whole big I'm sure rant, many Christians uh, went out to see Black I mean, we saw Black Panther yeah, we and we Black spoke Panther. about it. 
But yeah. we're now we're speaking about I can only imagine. And we it also deserves, did see it, and we put our money into that. Yes. We bought the ticket. Yeah, we went, we went and we saw it, it as well. last week. Um, and again, supporting faith-based films. Yeah, absolutely. And my, this is my opinion on the movie. I thought it was good. It was great. I, I thought it was a really good movie. I thought it had an awesome message. There's a long list of points that I think we can kind of try to dissect and, and like bring our opinions about it also. Uh, but for those of you that haven't seen the movie yet, have no idea who Mercy Me is, have never heard the song I Can Only Imagine, please Google it. Go go ahead and do it. This movie is a, um, it's called a music biopic. That's what it is about. It tells a story of how the song came to be, uh, the journey behind it and its meaning. Um, and one of the things I was reading an article, I don't know if it was, uh, the Huffington Post or something, and um, they were giving their reviews on the movie. But one of the things that I thought that I found interesting was that the um, the author was was saying that usually with uh, music biopics, there is a certain pattern. You know, it's about you know a famous person. They were trying to be successful in their career, and then you know they had their big break, and then they go through this issue where maybe they're like going through substance abuse, and like there's this whole big downfall, and you know there's this, always this pattern. If you want to think of the James Brown movie, or you want to think about all those other movies, there's always that pattern of like substance abuse and drugs, and you know the main character goes through like this whirlwind of issues, and it's it's always kind of like a tragic ending. In that sense but with this movie it didn't have that like definitely there are some like real life issues that do go through that uh, but at the end of the at the end of the movie we're kind of left feeling uplifted what do you think yeah definitely i mean i think the overall theme of the movie is is something positive hope and forgiveness redemption that all of those things are possible yeah you know and i we were talking earlier off you know air, off air. that uh we both have very two different perspectives on the movie yes. or um, way it impacted us, yeah. I should say. And uh, for me, one of the things that definitely impacted me and got me thinking was just his journey as the artist. Yeah. You know, how he was able to pull from his life experiences to write, how he was able to pull from the things that he went through in his life you know, and just put it down on paper, his determination, you know, when he was told no. I mean, one scene that really impacted me was when he knew that the rec different record companies and labels were going to be there at that night. Yeah. And he presented, you know, with the band, you know, their best set, their best songs. And he knew he was confident that it was the best. And yeah. he went after the show. They were all there, you know, discussing, I guess, their thoughts and opinions on the band. He really wanted to hear it. He asks them and he says, you know, what do you guys think? And they basically tell him you're not ready. Yeah. It wasn't good enough. That's not what's on the radio. That's not what people want to hear. That, yeah. And just hearing all of that negative energy and all of that negative, you know, all those negative comments and how his reaction was like, but wait a minute. I mean, we're, we're selling out shows and, and people are, are buying our, our CDs, our physical copies of CDs and we're selling them like, no, this is great. Like he knew it was great music. He knew yeah. that what he was singing about was impactful and important and people were responding to it. But the labels and the other people couldn't see it mm -hmm. and i think that was super powerful just in whatever you are doing right now in ministry for god whether it's singing poetry whether it's writing whether 
it's a musician you're a musician and you just feel like you're doing all of these different things and it seems as if there may be people that don't believe in you or you don't have the ex the outcome that you expected or you know you seem to be working so hard and working so hard and you feel like this is going to be a great song or this is going to be a great book and you don't get the response that you wanted you know what do you do in those moments do you mm -hmm. give up do you quit you know, do you say, well, God probably didn't call me for this. I'm just going <laughs> to, you know, drop it. I'm not going to do it. You yeah. know, he was told by so many different people, you know what? That's not, that's not it. That's not going to work. It's mm. not good enough. That's not what people want to hear. He kept going. Yeah, he absolutely. kept going. He pushed through all of that negative criticism. And I'm sure we've all been in that moment where we've been told no, where we've been mm -hmm. told you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. Ah, that's not creative enough. And, you know, I've been there. So, knowing that you know other people christian artists have been through that as well and just seeing the journey play out where they were sleeping on a tour bus they were sleeping in a bus yeah you know that, they yeah, were you said tour bus i said tour bus it's like i know it, it was, was like a school bus, bus yeah. gutted out inside <laughs> you know and again all of those things and those ministries out there and even you know worshipers that have had those humble beginnings where you mm -hmm. start out you know doing a lot of things for free and a lot of things where it's costing you money and yeah. things where, you know, you have to find a way to get there and you have to do certain things. And, you know, it can get tiring after doing it for so long. Yeah. And it's great to see an example of, you know what, your hard work pays off. There is, you know, a reward that God has in store for you. And one of the biggest things for me wasn't the fact that the song made it big yeah or that they became famous you can say like in the christian world and mm -hmm. you know whatever but the reach that the song had mm -hmm. how so many people were listening to it how so many people were testifying about the song you know how secular mainstream radio stations were playing the song and they were confused as to like why are we even playing this song <laughs> because it has nothing to do with the other songs we play yet the song had that much power that much impact yeah and that to me was just inspiring that when you create something that comes from within comes from an experience that you've been through that comes from you know a place that god has allowed you to be in whether it's depression loneliness and loss of someone you know a sickness mm. or whatever and you create something you just want people to hear it you want people to be blessed by it you mm -hmm. want people to be uplifted by it and again it's a journey it's not going to happen overnight his hit i can only imagine how many songs did he write before that yeah. song? How many albums did he put out before that independently that he was mm -hmm. doing himself? You know, and I always kind of have this perspective when I think about what I do and, you know, the places I go to, you know, there are people that want big stages, people that want, you know, to, I mean, I went to the Prudential Center in Jersey, thousands mm -hmm. of people there, and that was a great experience. And the week after that, I was in a church with like 25 people, you know, <laughs> and it's like, again, everyone would love to be, on stages like that every week, every other day, you would want to be on a stage where thousands of people are watching you. But when you step on that stage, mm -hmm. are you really confident in who you are? Yeah. Are you confident and, you know, satisfied with the fact that, you know what, I minister to thousands the same way I'll minister to 10 people. Mm -hmm. And that's something I always try to keep in mind that regardless of how many people are watching whether it's packed whether there are five people there whether it's just kids whoever's in the building let them be impacted Absolutely. and i think that that's something to just keep in mind you know and watching the movie seeing his journey his progression how you know he just persisted in spite of the obstacles i mean to me that was most encouraging yeah throughout that process and um and what were your thoughts what to you yeah i think the, what what 
what's um, a testament of how good the movie is is that uh, both of us walked in and we saw the same movie and we walked away with being impacted by different parts of the movie uh, because though everything that you mentioned was awesome everything you mentioned was really great um, and I did I did I was impacted by those parts as well uh, but for me I was more impacted by his personal journey and the things that were going on at home with him um, you know we it, and it starts off with uh, his childhood um, and what happened with him. He, he grew up in a home where there was a lot of domestic violence between his dad and his mom. Um, and then it also kind of goes on the journey of him discovering God at an early age. He went away to uh, his mom took him to a Christian. Uh, it was like youth camp, but for like younger kids. Yeah. Um, and, and practically left him there. <laughs> she abandoned him. Un unbeknownst to him. He had no idea. Right. Uh, that that's what was going on. Uh, but this is where he not only met the love of his life at such an early age that that was also like a, a plus. Uh, but this is where um, he kind of started to develop his um, understanding and relationship with God. Um, and then he comes back home from, I think, this high, like this really like good feeling. It's feeling really good and all this stuff or whatever um, to come to find out that his mom has left him and that he's left with his abusive father. Oh. And everything that transpires after that. Um, and I thought that that was very impacting. I think that when they uh, show his relationship with his father and how his um, his father was a monster to him. He was an individual that uh, absolutely showed him no love. Um, someone who, um, although he tried everything, and we're speaking about the protagonist, although he tried everything in his power to please his dad, he, you know, went as far as, you know, trying to be an all-star athlete in football because he thought that that was the common interest that he was in the final with his dad. He never, it was never good enough for him. Um, so when he no longer could do football and he started to go into this whole singing thing, he had his apprehensions with that as well uh, because he thought, he knew that his dad was going to be against that. Um, and they show this journey of him and his father and that relationship. Uh and I mean, it's impacting for me because I I didn't grow up with a dad with my biological father. I think the last time I saw my biological father was maybe when I was nine, ten years old. And then my stepfather, who I did grow up with, he the Dennis Quaid reminded me a lot of him and how he was. Um, there's a scene where he and it's not funny, but there's a scene where he's sitting at the table with his dad and he takes the like they get into this argument dad like grabs the plate of food and like goes to walk away and he breaks the plate over his head like those are scenes i've been in that like those are situations that i've been in where you know i've i've had to uh be at the receiving end of an abusive father and then you didn't do anything like it's not like you were disrespectful it's not like you um call that upon yourself but you, these are emotions that you're dealing with and it's at an early age you're in high school or even before that and then trying to figure out what to do with that um, and then we see that as the movie progresses, his dad finds out that he's sick and all this other stuff or whatever. And, you know, his dad winds up finding Jesus on his own. And then there's this whole restoration process that happens with uh, with the, the father and son relationship, which is awesome. But it winds up happening kind of a little bit too late. Uh, his dad is already dying and he finally got the dad that he always wanted. 
And then I think one of the quotes is, uh, I think it's just that, like, I, I finally got the dad I wanted, but he's dying or he's leaving me. How is that fair? Yeah. Uh, and that to me was very impactful because there, there may be a lot of people out there that have actually gone through that where, you know, all their life, either their mom or their dad or anyone, a guardian, brother, sister, whatever, they, they had this relationship with them that was so toxic. But then there was a restoration process that happened where God did step in and God did restore and God did mend. But it was a ticking time bomb where, you know, this person only had X amount of days left or X amount of years or hours left. And then you, you realize that we could have had this the whole time. We could have had this awesome relationship. We could have had all this awesome bond. You could have been on this journey with me. And because of those reasons you weren't and now you're leaving me and that whole like i think that's a whole nother psychological thing that he had to deal with within himself and then we see that he goes back to the journals from when he was a kid at youth camp and he started journaling all over again and then that kind of like brings the inspiration once his dad passes for the song of i can only imagine uh but i think that what i walked away with uh from the movie was the idea of that it's never too late for someone to receive restoration. It's never too late to forgive someone. It's never too late for someone to receive forgiveness. And I think that although in our humanness, we may um, feel that someone isn't, there's no hope for that individual. That person has always been a grouch. That person has always been mean, or that person has always been negative, or that person has always been toxic. And we kind of like, you know, check them off our list there is there is still a possibility of hope and restoration for that individual so if there's anybody out there that does have uh someone in their life that they've maybe like you know set aside like i'm never going to speak to my mom again i'm never going to speak to my dad again i'm never going to speak to so and so again because of that you know bad relationship you did have with them like that's something that you should be absolutely praying for like luckily for me my, my relationship with my stepdad um isn't perfect but they i do see that um that God did work him with him in that area in reference with me, where we are now able to communicate. We are not able to speak. And, you know, he, he kind of realized that the way he treated me and the way that he raised me up was was wrong. So he does he does try to compensate for that whenever he can. Uh, but, you know, that's I also had to be willing and able to forgive that, because if I would have not forgiven that, I would be carrying that burden with me that would be dragging me down and you know maybe holding me back from you know progressing in the lord or progressing in maybe my own relationship with my son which opens up another whole another bag of worms and all that other stuff because it was funny because i was having this conversation with a mutual friend of ours and we were speaking about uh the relationship that we as an individual have developed with the lord uh and both me and him uh our relationship with god is that we see god as our father like, you know, he's the one that protected us. He is the one that was there for us. He's the one that, you know, encouraged us when we didn't have no male figure in our life to encourage us. Uh, but then we were speaking about in reference to what our kids' relationship with God is going to be. Like, it's going to be a little different, you know, because they're going to have us. They are going to have positive male role models in their life. They are going to have, you know, a father that is encouraging, that is going to pray with them, that's going to lift them up, that's going to do all of that. Uh, so the excitement of, you know, what is their relationship with God going to be like? Uh, but going back to my original thought because i can get sidetracked and start speaking about a whole bunch of different things uh, if there's anybody out there please you know put that in prayer you know don't you know don't don't 
throw that person to the side. Yes, they maybe hurt you. Yes, they were really messed up. Maybe, you know, you were at the receiving end of abuse, whether it was physical, whether it was verbal, whether it was emotional, mental or whatever. But there is still the possibility that God can make the change in their life the same way that he's done it with ours. Yeah, definitely. And to all of those out there who you know, have a ministry who, you know, run an organization. And sometimes it's so hard to see the benefits right then and in the moment. You know, I've been doing VBS for over three years. And every summer, you know, we get different kids that come. And sometimes it's so hard. What's VBS for someone that doesn't know the acronym? Yes, uh, Vacation Bible School. There you go. So different churches do it throughout the summertime. It's basically, you know, a period of time where the kids come for a few hours in the day. They learn about the Bible. You know, they do activities. It's a great time, great opportunity for kids to know more about Jesus. And, you know, sometimes you see the same group of kids that come each and every year and you don't see the change right away. Mm -hmm. And you really ask yourself, you know, am I making a difference? You know, if you're a minister and you preach and you go to so many different churches and, you know, you preach different messages and it seems like the people are in the same boat all the time. And you ask yourself, like, did, you know, did my message really have an impact? Did I really, you know, deliver um, effectively? And, you know, you release music and all these things and you just wonder, am I reaching people? Are, am I saving people? Am I leading people to Jesus? Sometimes you won't see it right away. Yeah. This is something I've had to learn. I won't see the impact I've had on people many times right then in the moment. I think it's also important. I, and, and maybe I think it's also important for us to realize that there is the possibility that it it's only for one person that you that your job is to reach one person. Now, obviously, our, our objective is to reach as many people as we can. You know, we want to reach the masses. We want to be able to, you know, share <clears throat> share our gifts uh, with the world, but also be of tools for God to use. But maybe you're going on this journey and you're doing all of this and it's to impact one person that needs to hear that from you. Um, and it, it's a it is a possibility that you would never find out. Right. And that's what <laughs> I was would going never to say. Know. What happens when that yeah. one person doesn't show you or it yeah. doesn't tell you or you don't see it and i mean in the film you know Mil bart millard went to a youth camp yeah he was a child so yeah. it had to been you know he was like probably 11 12 years old went to a youth camp again there he met you know years later would end up being his wife yeah and i'm assuming in one of the meetings they had or services or something they had they were talking about forgiveness mm -hmm. where in his journal he oh, yes. wrote i choose to forgive and they put a blank and he yeah. was supposed to write the name of someone he chose to forgive yeah in that moment he didn't write anyone's name but years later after his dad had died was this after or before i don't really remember I think this but was during the transition of his uh his restoration process was right his dad and all of that right so years later as an adult he goes back to that same journal mm. and fills in the blank and puts my dad yeah. So I choose to forgive my dad. But that seed was planted in him, in his life, yeah. in his heart, years prior when he was a child. Do those people, they probably know now no, the they effect know. they had on him. But all of these years, did they know that they impacted him in that way? Did yeah. they know that, you know what, that lesson they presented or that topic, that idea, that theme was what was going to be the process of restoration in his life years later yeah so again we don't know the impact we don't know you know the change that we can have in someone's life the impact we don't know what we really can accomplish at times yeah, you know because we don't see it right away so trust that if you're doing something keep working hard 
don't give up don't give up because you don't see results right away yeah. don't give up because people aren't tuning into what you're doing people aren't liking your post because people aren't supporting you people aren't sharing whatever yeah. product you have whatever brand you have keep pushing because yeah. eventually i do believe that god will show us the impact yes. and will in one way or another we will see it but again there will be those that we will never know mm -hmm. we no will idea. never know we'll have no idea the impact we had and yeah. that you know we caused the change in their lives and for those of us that have been impacted by others let them know yes. i think that you uh, sometimes we don't understand the impact that that has the same way that they minister to you they impacted your life whether it be through a song whether it be through a word whether listen i've had sunday school lessons where i did my lesson everybody walked out of class somebody would stay behind and be like yo you i really enjoyed the lesson it spoke to me in this way or impacted me in that way or whatever half the time i think that my lessons are like I'm like, oh my God, I hope that they like that. I hope that they like, I hope my, my goal is always that they walk away being impacted. And most of the time, everybody gets up and they walk out. Nobody stops and lets me know like, hey, this is really, but those rare occasions where one of the youth will stop and check in with me and be like, man, that really impacted me or that really like touched me. Or they'll ask me to, you know, uh, to speak a little bit more about a subject or something or whatever. Like that serves encouragement for me to keep going. Uh, because there may be someone who has impacted you time and time again, and you've never let them know that even once. And they're thinking in their mind, you know what? I'm about to let this go because this isn't making effect. Like you can also be a blessing back to them by letting them know that you that they were that you were impacted by them. Yeah, and I think that another thing that you know affects this is social media. Yeah. That because people don't like or share or comment we assume they don't know they don't care mm -hmm. you know and i've definitely have fallen in that category you know many times where it's like all right it seems like no one really cared about that yeah. but then you'll hear stories later and testimonies and experiences so i've had to learn not to let social media yeah. be the ultimate source of i'm gonna put it out and if it doesn't if i don't get the response that i expected or the comments or the messages then it had no impact mm -hmm. You know, and that mentality is also not a healthy one to yeah. have as well. You know, people do watch, people do listen, people do care. A lot of times they just don't express it or don't yeah. let you know. So, again, if you're listening and you have that in you and you just sometimes feel like it's not worth it, then you know what? Keep in mind, it is worth it. You can make it. You will see the results. Keep pushing because God will ultimately reward you and bless you for your hard work. Absolutely. We want to thank you once again for just tuning in um, and listening with us. We hope that uh, this episode has been an impact for you. If there's anyone out there, please uh, don't forget to email us at godlifeculture at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want us to clarify anything, if you have any petitions that you want us uh, to pray with you about, by all means, please email us, message us, leave comments. Yeah, uh, you follow us on Instagram yeah. at godlifeculture. Uh, leave us a comment, send us a message there. We want to hear from you guys. Spread the word. Yeah. Let other people know about this podcast. Um, you know, this may be something you want to tune in and listen to with your youth group and, you know, talk about it, have conversations. Uh, these are great conversation starters to have. And next week's episode is an episode you do not want to miss. Yeah. Ever since we've recorded it, we were so excited to put it out. Um, we're talking about why millennials are leaving the church. Yes. The reasons why, you know, research that we have found, our own personal experiences. It was yes. so good. We divided it into two. <laughs> 
two we parts. Had a good two part. And I think that uh, we encourage you guys to listen to it and even have this spark the conversation within your young people in your churches. Maybe you guys haven't even thought of if there's anything that they're having issues with or anything that they're unhappy unhappy about or they have questions about like let this be the conversation started for you guys to check in with your young people to make sure that they are good and if they're not good then that's then it's time to step up to the plate and try to help them out with whatever the situation is yeah definitely so be sure to tune in uh for that you don't want to miss that and um yeah thank you again for supporting for listening we appreciate you and you've been listening to the god life culture podcast say it again god God life Life culture Culture. until next time see See ya. ya